Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. This is Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I'm dedicating today's podcast to Jake and Jordan and Jesse and Hiley. I have recruited some men to this podcast and they said they're listening. They're going to listen this morning. I'm so excited. So sometimes all you have to do is ask. So ladies, my 99% of my audience, please ask your male friends to listen to this podcast, to join us, to pray with me. Oh, Matthew 6.34 says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What if the Lord had written 11th commandments? Thou shall not worry. In a sense, he did. He commands us in various scriptures not to fret. So cast your anxieties on the Lord. Give them up. Let them go. Don't let worry zap your strength and your joy. Today is a gift from the Lord. So don't sacrifice it to fears and frustrations. Let them go and watch God work. Father God, lift all anxiety from my heart and make my spirit light again. I know that I can't do it on my own, but with you, I can let go and watch you work. I praise you, God. Amen. Proverbs 4. Keep your eyes focused on what is right and look straight ahead to what is good. You can be perfectly happy one minute and, and upset the next. If joy is a choice, then it's one you have to make continually. We are often ruled by our emotions, which is why it's so important to stay focused, especially if you're having a tough day. So don't let frustration steal even 60 seconds from you. Instead, choose joy. Dear Heavenly Father, please help me to keep my emotions in check today and every day. If I keep my focus on you and on your goodness, God, I can always choose joy. Amen. And now an interesting story from thebible.com. It says the city of Corinth had been an evil place full of idol worship. After Paul the apostle came into the city and preached to them and they had been converted, they had a difficult time shaking off the old ways. There was still a lot of immorality in the city 
perversion and evil behavior. Paul teaches them in this scripture that love does not delight in evil, but that it rejoices in truth. It's very common for people to enjoy watching other people mess up. We see television evangelists, for example, who fall into sin publicly, and people seem to take some kind of pleasure in that. We see celebrities who seem to have it all, and they get involved in some scandalous lawsuit, and we take delight in their mistakes. That's not love. We shouldn't love seeing people make mistakes, and we certainly shouldn't love the fact that any other person is trapped in an immoral life. Love seeks the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. When we love somebody, when we truly show the love of Christ, we look for good things. We look for positive things. We should love seeing somebody get clean from a drug addiction. We should love seeing somebody get clean from an alcohol addiction. We love seeing people change their lives for the better. When someone has lived an immoral life and immoral behavior, and they begin to live a clean life, well, we should rejoice in that. We should be encouraging. We shouldn't be waiting for that person to fall. That is not our job as Christians. Our job is to love that person. And if we love that person, we want to see him or her be successful. We do not rejoice in evil things that they've done. And we should not rejoice. Oops. But we should rejoice in the truth and the good things that they have chosen to do in their lives. Amen. Father, I thank you for giving me a choice. I ask you always to help me choose the truth and not evil ways. Please don't let me take pleasure in another person's pain. Remind me that my job is not to delight in their suffering or in their evil practices, but to rejoice in the good decisions that they finally made and the truthful decisions that they'll make going forward. Help me, Lord, to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Amen told you you're going to pray with me. We're going to get these blessings started. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. And reading from the Bible... How does God define wealth? Okay, we are to check out 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Each year, various publications list 100 
wealthiest people in America. The magazines categorize the individuals by total income, usually in the millions and billions. Such is the predominant viewpoint regarding the meaning of wealth. But is that the way God defines wealth? Not hardly. From God's standpoint, wealth includes much more than currency. The bank accounts of rich men and women may overflow, but misery often enshrouds their souls. Biblical wealth, by contrast, may be defined as the ability to experience and enjoy God's presence. The poor individual who knows God as Savior has indescribable wealth compared to the rich one who rejects him. The Bible insists that God is the source of all gain. 1 Chronicles 29 verse 12 says, Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Apart from the benevolence of God, we cannot amass wealth. While our labor, our diligence, our planning, and our wisdom are vital, God remains the sole source of blessing. He is the fountainhead of health, of food, of sun and all the other elements that are necessary for life. As creator, all of life is his gift to us. He is the prime giver. James 1 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. As God prepared to take the Israelites into fertile and fruitful Canaan, he warned them not to forget the source of their newfound affluence. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That's Deuteronomy 8. Since all wealth flows from the provision of God, our role is to act as sensible, faithful stewards. God gives it all. God owns it all. He designates us as caretakers of his assets. Our spending and investments then become extensions of his will. By following the careful guidelines of scripture, we can wisely manage God's riches. And that is how God defines wealth. You can never outgive God, and God blesses us so that we might bless others.
Remember, God gives all and God owns it all. God gives it all and God owns it all. Amen. I love it because so many of us put so much emphasis on wealth. Well, honey, you can't be any richer than when you have God in your life. He provides all. He owns it all. And what he gives to you, he's very, very much aware of it. What you do with it is how you show your thanks. Listeners, I am so grateful to God for every single thing that he gives us. And he gives to all of us who trust in him, obey him, who have surrendered to him, who understand him, who know him, and most importantly, to those who love him. Amen. Stay right there, don't move. Dear listeners, it is time for us to fast. I want us to fast from judging others. I want us to fast from emphasis on indifferences. I want us to fast from apparent darkness, fast from thoughts of illness, Fast from words that pollute. Fast on discontent. Fast from anger. Fast from pessimism. Fast from worry. Fast from complaining. Fast from negatives. Fast from unrelenting pressures. Fast from hostility. Fast from bitterness. Fast from self-concern. Fast from personal anxiety. Fast from discouragement. Fast from facts that depress. Fast from lethargy. Fast from suspicion. Fast from thoughts that weaken. Fast 
from shadows of sorrow. Fast from idle gossip and fast from problems that overwhelm. That's right. Stop. Give it up. And with the energy that is left over, let us feast. Let us feast on Christ indwelling in us. Let us feast on the unity of all life. Feast on the reality of light. Feast on the healing power of God. Feast on phrases that purify. Feast on gratitude. Feast on patience. Feast on optimism, divine order, appreciation, affirmatives, Feast on unceasing prayer. Feast on non-resistance. Feast on forgiveness. Feast on compassion for others. Feast on eternal truth. Feast on hope. Feast on thoughts that uplift. Feast on enthusiasm. Feast on truth, on promises that inspire, on the sunlight of serenity, on purposeful silence. Feast on prayer that undergirds. Amen. We're going to feast on those good things. We're going to fast on those things that are not good. In Jesus' name, we pray for strength. Amen. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. God, you've ushered in another day, untouched and freshly new. So here we come to ask you, God, if you'll renew us too. Forgive the many errors that we made yesterday. And let us try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. Father, we are well aware that we can't make it on our own. So take our hands and hold them tight for we know we can't walk alone. Amen. Alleluia.
Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, in every way. Amen. Be right back. I read the Proverbs every day, and I hope you do too. There are 31 Proverbs, so there is definitely instructions for every day. Don't envy people or desire their company, for their hearts plot violence and their words always stir up trouble. A house is built by wisdom and become strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Wisdom is too lofty for fools. Among leaders at the city gate, they have nothing to say. A person who plans evil will get a reputation as a troublemaker. The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone detests a mocker. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. My child, eat honey, for it is good, and the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future, and your hopes will not be cut short. Don't wait in ambush at home for the godly, and don't raid the house where the godly live. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Don't rejoice when your enemies fall, and don't be happy when they stumble. For the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn his anger away from them. Don't fret because of evildoers. Don't envy the wicked, for evil people have no future. The light of the wicked will be snuffed out. My child, fear the Lord and the King. Don't associate with rebels, for disaster will hit them suddenly. And who knows what punishment will come from the Lord and the King. It is wrong to show favoritism when passing judgment. A judge who says to the wicked, you are innocent, will be cursed by many people. 
and denounced by the nations. But it will go well for those who convict the guilty. Rich blessings will be showered on them. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Don't testify against your neighbor without cause. Don't lie about them. And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little more folding of the hands to rest and poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Amen. God, I love those Proverbs. God, I love them. I'll put a pin there and continue with more at another time. Praise him. Praise God for his wisdom. Praise God for his instructions. Praise God for this knowledge because now we have it. We know what he likes. We know what he wants us to do. We are learning how to act in certain circumstances. We understand what not to do. And most importantly, why not to do it. God is good and worthy and worthy and oh, so worthy to be praised. Amen. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. We're always coming back. Stay right there. And in closing, close your eyes, bow your head. I adore you, oh my God, and I love you with all my heart. I give you thanks that you have created me and made me a Christian. You preserved me last night. I offer thee the actions of this day. Grant that all of them may be according to thy holy will and for thy greater glory. Save me from sin and from all evil. Let thy grace be always with me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for coming to pray with me. 
Remember, spread the word. We want more men listening, if at all possible. Jesus does. (laughs) So come back tomorrow. See you then. Bye for now.